NBA Ads Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor basketball, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com backslash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hey, it's NBA Odds Pod, and I'm your humble host, Ryan McKee. You can follow me at, at the Ryan McKee on Twitter. Follow me on Betsperts at McKee, and shoot me an old timey email at NBA Odds Pod at the SGPN.com. It is week four of the NBA season, and I feel like we have already had a season's worth of headlines. Dion Waiters had a panic attack on the team flight after eating a gummy. I mean, stars, guys. They really are just like us. Specifically me, specifically last weekend. Steph Curry broke his hand. Uh, someone on Reddit figured out if good strip club cities really affect James Harden's game. Spoiler alert, yes, they do. He does perform worse in great strip club cities like Miami. Uh, also, the Phoenix Suns are good. Who saw that coming? I did. I predicted it, but, you know, I'm a homer. Yes, I, I know. I'm recording this uh, on Tuesday night, and I know they just lost to the Lakers, and I haven't had a chance to watch that game yet, so don't just go, like, blindly throwing hate out at me towards that. But, hey, I mean, the Suns are good even without the diuretic drinking DeAndre Ayton, so... That's pretty good. Just imagine if the Suns had taken Luca over DeAndre. That's a th- uh, that's a, that's for another time. That's for another time, people. Uh, what else? LeBron and Anthony Davis look uh, as well matched as Chandler and Monica in the latter friend seasons. I mean, uh, that's just what I've had the bandwidth personally to take in. I have been working, you know, not to get too much on me, but I've been working full time on this uh, new sports uh, comedy show with uh, Keegan Michael Key, Venus Williams. And Gronk, it's going to be on CBS early next year. It's called Game On. And um, actually, we had our first taping day on Monday. And Gronk was nice enough to show up to work with a bunch of homemade cookies for the crew. And I, I'm pretty sure Gronk didn't make them himself. But uh, there was a moment when we were all standing around. And someone's like, oh, look, Gronk brought cookies. And nobody was taking one. And we were all thinking the same thing. I wonder if Gronk put marijuana in the cookies. Because I mean, and I was nervous. I had the Dion Waiters story fresh in my head. Didn't know. I didn't know if I should take one or not. I did. There was no weed in it. Gronk, good coworker. Didn't try to slip everybody some THC. I mean, that would have been the longest shoot day ever if everybody was high. Oh, I can't imagine. Uh, speaking of great coworkers. This episode features SportsGamblingPodcast.com's head NBA odds maker, Zach Brunner. Zach is a native New Yorker, super smart guy. He's in law school also. Uh, he understands advanced stats, I'm pretty sure. And he picks every 
NBA game against the spread for our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and click on basketball picks. Those are free picks every day, and they're quality. You're going to win some money. Zach really knows what he's talking about, and uh, you'll see that in this episode. Uh, we talk about our favorite teams to bet on against the spread so far at home versus on the road. Uh, we talk about situational factors to consider when looking at possible stay-away games. Uh, we have a new segment, Half Court Shots. Uh, that was thought up by Sean Green, the my boss at Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, Half-court shots. These are long-shot bets to look at. Huge underdogs. Um, also, we uh, talk about teams that we bet on just so we have an excuse to watch them on League Pass. Uh, and uh, we Zach tells us what sources and stats he likes to look at when picking games. Um, the things he's learned in this short season. And of course we talk, we have to talk about it. We had to talk about the James Harden strip club statistic. So I'm going to do a quick ad read and get right into my talk with Zach. Attention past, present and future. My bookie players during Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the bears lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats, you get an extra holiday spending money. If you lose, Congratulations as well. My bookie will give you back all your money. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk. All gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come and play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through all the process. And the best part is... If you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log into mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code SGP, and mybookie will match your deposit dollar to dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of your risk-free bet. Don't forget about that, which I already just said earlier in this ad read. Let me repeat. That's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan or basketball fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You can, you simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get into action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag promo code SGP. Um, okay, so still real early in the season, but so far, who are like your go-to teams to bet on? So uh, right now, versus like when they're at home, versus on the road, or any other situations that you've identified that you like to look at for a particular team? Yeah, so I think for I think definitely the home team angle has been something I've been looking at this year, um, especially early on when you have kind of teams that are on a mission to either solidify off-season hype or, you know, for you look at a team like the Lakers or the Clippers, that it's like, okay, this is showtime in Los Angeles and it's championship time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of one side of things. And then obviously the other side of things is like situationally advantageous home spots. And for those, I feel like Miami's definitely been one. Um, and I, mean, I know we're going to talk about the uh, Harden – strip club fiasco statistic later but oh we will get into that we will that, get into that exactly but so miami's undefeated for later miami's again undefeated against the spread at home this year um and i think there's obviously part of that is feeding in like the nightlife aspect you know I, i'm not sure exactly what goes on but obviously a fun place to go out and you saw a team like houston 
um, go into Miami last week and lay that absolute egg. That was a Sunday night as well. Um, so you had the Saturday night in Miami. They they arrive Saturday night and then get blown the fuck out on Sunday. Um, I noticed that uh, the Lakers are undefeated against at home against the spread as well. Yep, and I and I and I was gonna say yeah, like the Lakers too. You have the L.A. nightlife plus um, just an, a super energized fr- franchise and fan base. Um, and I think Miami, the Lakers, and the Clippers all kind of personify that is that they had big off seasons and going into this uh, into this season kind of off of you know whether it was kind of like a, a sleeping franchise in Miami or or in Los Angeles. Um, they've just been super energized teams and playing really hard on defense. And those are things I look for at home. Um, yeah, Lakers, I think, are undefeated at home against the spread. Is that, is that right? Yeah, correct. They're 4-0 against the spread at home. Yeah, and, and, they, and they've been they've been like fun to watch and sort of, I mean, I'm not a Laker fan, but fun to root for. Um, and so I think those I are agree. the kind of things. Like, we're going to talk about our favorite league pass teams later, but like, and I'm in L.A., but I grew up like, hating the Lakers because I was a Suns fan. And I actually can't help but like this team right now. Yeah, they're shockingly not hateable at all. I mean, I, 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 if if anything, I think the Clippers are a little bit more like of the of the villainous team, especially with the Kawhi load management stuff like that. Um, the Lakers are just kind of going out and playing ball. Good group of vets, and they, they've been fun. Um, and, and another yeah, just even like Dwight Howard has been likable, which I hate Dwight Howard. Very, yeah, very. I I, I think one thing it is like, you know, I think the world is kind of turning back on LeBron, realizing how much we've taken him for granted and how much everyone just shitting on him. Then he kind of steps back from the spotlight last year in the spring when he was hurt. Um, and now he comes back. And I think it's just been an appreciation of him as a basketball player. Totally. Um, also, okay. So we, you mentioned Miami, we mentioned Lakers home teams to uh, really bet on against the spread. Yeah. And, and one other, one other one definitely, yeah. So one other one definitely, uh, Utah and Denver eight and one combined at home, uh, straight up this year. So I've definitely been looking to play on Utah at home. Uh, one of my favorite bets of the year was uh, Utah plus three. I think that was Friday night against Milwaukee. Uh, they got that on the crazy Bogdanovich game winner. Um, but obviously the you know sort of mythic altitude teams at home i think that's been factored into lines as that trend has become a little more public Mm -hmm. um but both those teams have been solid at home and and so when you get those shorter favorites for a utah or denver i like to throw maybe money line in a parlay or um just kind of eat the juice but those two teams have been great at home also and I mean, I know that's like always like the go-to knee-jerk. Like those are the teams to bet on because of the altitude. Uh, I don't even know. Like historically, has that really been true, or is that just like a thing people say? I think I think it's a little more of a thing people say. I I remember reading about it last year. I think it was actually a lot to do with second half spreads, um, where it would be factored into the line already um, coming into the game, and then the other team would actually get weight. And then whatever happens in the first half happens and the other team gets super gassed uh, coming down the stretch. I think, but for those teams, I think, you know, going back to the original point is that you want to have a combination of factors that make it a good home court advantage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Utah and Denver are both teams that can defend um, veteran teams that sort of, you know, understand the value of protecting home court and 
are not going to be as up and down as you know some of the newer teams that are coming coming into contention. How do you account for, for example, uh, Phoenix was seven and zero against the spread uh, with Miami coming in, but Miami the night before had been blown out in Denver, and a lot of people on our Slack, uh, you know, Slack dot podcast dot com. Uh, we're talking about like, hey, uh, I like the Suns here. And it really made me nervous, a, a good team coming off of a blowout. I, I, I never like to bet on the opposition at that point. Is Am I like, is that just like old like wives tale or is that something you even consider? No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think with all these things, it's like a combination of factors. When I, when I, I mean, I, I, I love the Slack for chats, but when you look in the Slack and you see everyone in the Suns, I think that's, that should set off the light bulb in your head that maybe there's something missing from the analysis. Um, and, you know, you can, you can, the thing about NBA betting is there's so much going on and there's so many games that you can pretty much come up with any motivational type, emotional angle on any given night. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, in that Heat game, it was second game of back to back. But it was also team off a blowout, probably got lit up by Spolstra postgame, and now they're looking for some sort of revenge factor the next night. Um, so I think you have to be super wary of of just, you know, selling out on one given trend. And, you know, we're going to talk about later about what, what kind of stuff we look at during the day. But I think a, a, a good thing that you can do if you're, if you're following the NBA and trying to bet the NBA every night is follow a couple beat writers from every NBA team. Um, that that you either you like or you trust, but just having that in your Twitter timeline and getting that information, um, you know, throughout the day and throughout the week, and sort of keeping a pulse on the team is so important. And that's how you can kind of read between the lines of motivate motivational angles like those. That's great. That's great. Um, and we mentioned home teams uh, against the spread. Just wanted to throw out some uh, teams that have been good on the road. Which a couple of them are surprising. I mean, Dallas 4-0 uh, on the road against the spread. Phoenix 3-0 on the road against the spread. Charlotte 3-1 on the road against the spread. And Washington 3-1 on the road against the spread. Uh, what is going on? I mean, obviously still super early. Uh, Charlotte and Washington, everybody was just piling on to be horrible teams this year. They actually have looked pretty good, at least against the spread. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I was going to say exactly what you said. I mean, that's that to me is just sort of solidifying that there was a lot of overreaction this offseason. And I've, I, I've loved this Charlotte team all year. I think if you've been following the daily NBA picks, I've taken them almost every game um, because some of these lines are just out of control. Like, uh, um, you know, the Wizards like being an eight eight and a half point dog in Indiana, stuff like that. Um, I think people think that the team that the worst teams in the league are so bad already. Um, mm-hmm. whereas I think that's the kind of thing you wait for more later in the year when tanking gets involved. Um, and and there's been so much talk about tanking the last few years. That's been one of the big topics, um, on NBA gambling Twitter. Um, I think people are incorporating that a little bit early in the season into how they perceive these teams. Like just cause Charlotte is probably going to be pretty bad this year. Doesn't mean that they're going to fold it in from day one and that 
they're not in their facility every day practicing and saying, we're going to make the playoffs. Maybe two months from now, that's no longer realistic. And you can sort of make the bad teams truly, really freaking bad. Um, But I think the NBA is a little more similar to the NFL in that way than people think in that there is, there is some deal of parody, um, especially in the early weeks of the season. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that you look at Dallas looks like a playoff team that most people thought was going to be a year away. Uh, so they've been a little bit better than their offseason reputation. And then Charlotte and Washington and Phoenix are all teams that people thought would be terrible. And, you know, the, the trend towards being terrible hasn't really hit, hit yet, um, and even though it might later in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's coming in, even the bad, the bad teams are stoked to show they're not as bad as everybody thinks they are. And obviously the good teams are stoked to show they're as good as everybody thinks they are. So it's still too early to factor in like, Oh, bad teams know they're bad and they're going to just tank. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. And also it's like, I mean, I'm I'm all, I'm all about the Charlotte team. I know we talked a few times. Like, I I love the Charlotte team uh, so far. Um, like, definitely just like make sure you're taking a look at the roster and the the starting lineup. It's really not that bad. Um, but I feel like nowadays with so much talk about you know tanking and et cetera, that people just assume that they're throwing out like seven second rounders and European stash guys. Um, <laughs> like they have, you know, a couple quality veterans and good young players on their team. Yeah, Same goes, and they've actually been playing. Yeah, but I, I feel like their quote unquote savvy veterans are a little overrated. It's been more their young players that have been really producing for them. You know, but teams yes. he got injured, and I feel like they've just been better since like he's gone out. Yeah, Devontae um, Grant's been awesome. Yeah, exactly, and. uh Rogier has been real uh, hit and miss. I'm not sure. I mean, he's obviously still super young, but he I, is, I guess, quote unquote, one of their savvy veterans right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I like this uh, Charlotte team a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, before the season, I, they had like one of the lowest uh, win totals for the season, and I went under, and I'm regretting that now. Yeah, I mean, not not to rub it in, but I think my favorite play on the futures board was Charlotte over twenty three and a half. Uh, yeah, before the season, I mean that that just looked to me like super low. Um, but yeah, like you said, they they've they've been better than expected. Yeah. Um, now going forward, a team like this that starts off super hot that was expected to be bad, do you start looking to fade them, or what do you do with uh, Charlotte right now going forward? I'm, I think I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, hanging steady. Like, I'm not. I'm definitely not looking to jump off the ship. Um, but for me, it's really a situational thing. Like, if if Charlotte starts, you know, getting a little more hoopla, and then these lines get 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 out of control the other direction. I'll, uh, but right now, I'm kind of holding steady, um, weathering the storm. And and they've just been so many ridiculous spreads so far this year already. Like you have you've had 15 point spreads. Um, with you know the 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 Warriors Rockets game and the Hornets Clippers game, what we're talking about, um, stuff like that. I'm just not ready to lay 15 against anyone uh, this early in the season. Totally get that. Totally get that. Um, okay, so uh, speaking of teams that you really liked before the season even started, 
uh, I this will transition nice into our next topic. You loved Minnesota coming into the season. And uh, before Kat got hurt, looked like everything was going great. Uh, or not, sorry, before he got... Uh, suspended. So suspended. He Everything looked like it was going great. Then not so much. Like they lost to the Grizzlies recently, and a lot of uh, I heard Grizzlies beat reporters were saying that they went in the the Timberwolves locker room afterward, and they didn't seem to even care that they had just gotten beat by a horrible Grizzlies team. They were listening to the music and not really caring. And Ryan Saunders was just like fuming in the corner. Is there trouble in Minnesota? You're sc- you're scaring right me. Now? You're scaring me, Ryan. <laughs> um. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, I, I didn't see that report. That's definitely a bad sign. Um, the cat suspension hurt, uh, especially because they, they'd won three straight to start the year before he got hurt, before he got suspension. Um, yeah. I'm not worried yet. I, I, I fucked you up there. He is suspended. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried yet. Uh, tonight, and, and this will drop Tuesday, but Sunday night, the Denver game, I think they shot six of 45 or some ridiculously bad uh, three-point shooting number. I'm not worried yet, um, but the thing with them is that, like, if if Cat doesn't have it going, and then the, the roster starts to look a little bit worse from there, obviously. Um, but they're super they're super Cat centric. Um, I, I mean, I, I was high on them to a certain extent. I think this can be seen to be around 500. They're five and four right now, um, five and five after tonight. Um, I'm not I'm not exactly worried yet. Where, where are you at? Are, are you are you thinking they're gonna be five hundred at the end of the season, or are they like a sneaky eight seed? I, I'm. I don't think five hundred would be enough to get in the back end of the, of the Western Conference playoffs. Maybe a few games over. Um, I think the talent level over the course of the season might you know affect uh, affect their ceiling in terms of in terms of the rest of Western Conference teams passing them. Um, but I still do like what. What, what they're building in Minnesota. And obviously for them, the the key thing is, is keeping Cat and, and getting him to stick around uh, in the long term. Again, going back to the offseason, they were mentioned as a sneaky D'Angelo Russell location. Maybe that trade with uh, Covington, that seemed to be a lock preseason. Maybe that comes around. Um, but there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of variables for this team, especially when so much of it comes down to Cat playing like a top 10 player for them to be successful. I agree. Uh, I don't think, and what some of the beat reporters that I was listening to talking about, was just like, Cat's an amazing player and he really does care about winning and losing. Uh, And I know that's like crazy to think about that some (laughs) NBA players don't care about winning and losing, but that's honestly, I think we can admit that that's like true for a lot of guys. Yep. Um, but also Cat's not that vocal. He's not like the alpha male, like a Jimmy Butler is like, that is going to like speak up and be like, motherfuckers turn off that music and, you know, stop acting like we won that game when we just got blown out by the fucking Grizzlies. Yes. Um, he's not necessarily that guy. And I think that that might be a problem going forward, especially when you have a guy like Wiggins who has been good so far, but is going to, We've seen bad wigging show up, and he's going to show up again. And he's going to shoot them out of games. Yeah, no, he definitely will. I mean, I, I think just looking at his Minnesota team, 
I think they're good, but you know, you look at that Memphis game. That that that, that line was Minnesota minus three and a half at Memphis. Um, I, I I probably took Memphis in that game just because there's a lot of teams, in my opinion, that so far this year are kind of around 500, give or take, give or take, that are laying points on the road um, at quote unquote bad teams, and I, I think I've taken the home dog in almost every one of those situations. Um, Minnesota's kind of a they're a good up and coming team and, and they're young, but laying points on the road is, is something a, a right you have to earn in my opinion, um, especially this early in the season. And, and I don't see them in that class. Um, so in terms of like that makes sense. Am I am I on am I on the Minnesota train going forward? It, it really depends. Like you know, people were a little excited about them, then all of a sudden they're laying you know three and a half on the road against a Memphis team that, yeah, Memphis is bad, but is Minnesota that much of a class above them that, 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 that on the road, they deserve that respect. I don't think so yet. Um, you know, Memphis is a bad team, but they don't know they're bad. If that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. I completely agree. They are, they, they really are trying to win every game. Yes. And until they, they're not, they're like a spunky team. Yeah. And I, and, and, we're going to talk lead pass teams. I, I absolutely love John Morant, uh, and they've been one of my favorite teams to watch Same. so far this year. Yeah, I have John Morant on my fantasy team, and I've been all in on watching that team. Uh, it's They're super fun, despite, like, I like that they seem raw. And, and you know, I watch enough basketball where I like to see NBA teams who look a little like, you know, a little bit like a pickup team, you know, at 100%. points. Uh, okay, so I led us into the uh, Minnesota Grizzlies talk, Minnesota versus Grizzly talk, because I want to get your take on uh, our next segment, which is half court shots, which is uh, looking for like long shot picks you like. Um, who's going to be the next uh, game? to have a big upset kind of like the Grizzlies upset Minnesota. Um and we don't have I and let me preface this by saying we don't have odds in front of us right now, but just like looking at like potential uh money line teams to take. Yeah, I mean I I, I haven't looked exactly at the schedule, but I think in terms of a team I think is gonna make some noise. Um not exactly the 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 bad team that that's going to shock the world, but I think the Jazz are really going to solidify their spot in the elite teams in the league. Um, they haven't really meshed well offensively that without without Mike Conley, and he hasn't shot the ball well at all. Um, he's looked bad so far. He's looked bad so far, and, 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 and that's definitely right. But I love what I see out of this team defensively, and you know to see them as a three point dog to Milwaukee. And that, and that was Friday night at home. I thought that was one of the that was one of the worst lines I've seen so far this year. I mean, I I, I consider Utah in that elite group of teams, um, with you know the Lakers, the Clippers, and whoever else you want to throw in there. Um, but the Jazz are still available at sixteen to one to win the title, um, and, and and I think that that's kind of the half court shot that I that I'm going to take right now. Um, oh, that makes sense. They, they've dipped. They've dipped from fourteen to one. They're now behind. You know they're still behind the Nuggets, the Rockets, um, the Sixers, the Bucks, and, and and I really consider them right in that mix of teams. Um, and the thing about 
about, uh, you know, the curious offensive fit so far is it's not like, you know, they're trying to put together Russ and Paul George. Like they're, they're putting together the quintessential point guard and Mike Conley with a bunch of veterans in, in, you know, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich. Um, so I have a lot more faith that they'll figure things out offensively than I would in a different situation. Um, and so How crazy but, would it be How crazy would it be if this is the jazz team who wins the title rather than the Carmelo team? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that, but, but like I said, like they haven't even played well really yet so far this year and they're six and three, um, just got a big upset over Milwaukee. Um, so, and, and I, I'm sure you agree. It's been really quiet around Utah in terms of like the national league conversation, despite them having kind of a splashy offseason. Yeah, I feel like they ha- there was a ton of talk around them at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of cooled off because they haven't looked great. Yep. Despite having a decent record, so good record, so they like they just haven't been as exciting as people thought, which is totally to make sense when they're like bringing together like new teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a sneaky great move for them, which they just started incorporating this week, is moving Joe Ingles to the sixth man. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I like I like that too because he he also has that point forwardy type vibe, and it allows you to have a little his his crafty ball handling and playmaking in the second unit is more valuable than playing off Conley, who for everything I love about his game and and he's a definitely an unselfish player, but. You know, you want the ball in his hands over Jingle, so I, I like Jingles to the to the six man type role. Um, the question for them is always going to be, you know, can you rely on Bogdanovich, Ingles, and Royce O'Neal and Jeff Green to guard Kawhi and LeBron and, and Paul George in the playoffs? And, and that remains to be seen, of course. Um, That's gonna be tough. I like, uh, I mean, I like somebody like Ingles guarding. Uh, Kawhi rather than like a Jeff Green, but you're right. I mean, throwing throwing all those guys at him though, like throughout the game, I actually don't hate that. No, I don't. I don't hate it. But like for me, I look at their roster and I love Conley at the one, and I love rim protection from Gobert at the five. We haven't even mentioned Donovan Mitchell yet. Um, but like where they would obviously be at a deficit in the matchup, um to me, is going to come at the three and the four spot, which just happens to be where all the best players in the league uh, right now play. So it'll be, it'll be interesting, but I, I definitely like this team. And it's one of those things where it's super curious. Like, they were a super hyped-up team um, in the offseason, and then they, like, start off the season pretty well, and everyone just shuts up about them. So those are the kind of things that I look for um, that's, like, and overreaction in in one direction. Um, I like to be on the on the other side of that. Totally get that. Totally get that. Uh, okay, so I want to quick throw out a possible uh, long shot money line to look at on Thursday, and the Mavs travel to the Knicks on Thursday night. Mavs have been really good on the road, however. I kind of like a the Knicks to get a little sparky against Prozingis uh, coming home. Yeah. I don't know what the odds are going to be, but I, I wouldn't hate taking the Knicks in a situation like this. Yeah, no, no I mean, the, well, the, the Knicks beat Dallas on, I think that was Friday night too. Um, 
and 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 that was the game Frank Nilakina play well. That's my favorite player in the league. Um, right. <laughs> oh, is Frankie Smokes is your favorite player. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Knicks fan. I'm a huge I'm a huge Frank fan. Yeah, like you could say say, looking at a fat head of him on my wall right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I didn't even know they made a fat head of him. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was tough to find. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that spot for sure. Um, I think it the Mavs were favored by eleven and a half with with New York in Dallas. So maybe that line will be somewhere around four or five. Um, and again, like that that's one of those situations where I think you look at it at first and it's like, okay, Dallas minus five against New York. That looks good. And then your second glance is like, wait, is Dallas has Dallas earned the right to be laying points on the road against a team that's not tanking? I don't know. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I, I will certainly be on New York in that game. I, I can almost guarantee. Um, so I, I like that pick a lot from you. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think uh, people are get really excited about Luca and get excited about Przingis. Uh And they've been good to start off, but I definitely see kind of a, you know, sophomore slump type of vibe coming from them at some point during the season. Yes, I don't and, know if and, and now, but and definitely like the big. I feel like on Twitter this weekend has been all about how um, Porzingis hasn't really meshed well with the rest of the Mavs. I know Matt Moore from the Action Network had a great Twitter thread showing how pretty much every player on the Mavericks roster has had better net rating and advanced stats with KP off the floor. Um, and then I, I honestly think. Judging by the vibe here in New York, I think KP is going to get the you know the shit boot out of them in that game. So New York will be super hungry in that game. I agree. I agree. I, I can definitely. I mean, I, I was telling you before we started taping. I lived in New York for seven and a half years. Loved going to Knicks games. Loved the vibe there. I mean, this is not like revolutionary and saying best place to watch a game in all of the NBA that I've seen. And I can definitely see the Knicks fans coming in there and being hungry to boo Porzingis and him not really, you know, uh, dealing well with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think he'll handle it well. I mean, I, 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 I soured on KP since we traded him or since the Knicks traded him. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that game for sure. Uh, okay, so um, Talking about league pass, some favorite league pass teams to watch. Are there any teams you're betting on just for some added incentive to watch them on league pass right now so far in the first three weeks? Yeah, I think the John Morant Grizzlies um, for sure. Uh, I've, I I, I've liked the Heat a lot. I like the Lakers a lot, uh, even though it's kind of a obvious take. Um, Charlotte. Denver. I mean, I I, I really enjoyed it, the, the NBA so far this year. I think I agree. See, like surprisingly, a team I've liked that I did not expect to are the Wizards. Yes, they haven't been nearly as bad as I thought they were going to be. They're playing with this like they're a team that seems to know they're bad and not care. They're playing with like certain like looseness to them. Like Bradley Beal, his like shooting percentage is horrible. And I, I believe a, a reporter actually brought it up to him, and he's like, I don't care what my shooting percentage is. And I totally get that watching him play. He's just, like, jacking up shots, but in a way that's, like, not detrimental, in a way that, like, they actually look like they're having some fun playing. Yes, I like, I like the team a lot. 
you hate your job? Yeah, most of us do. Ever thought of starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer service going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Honestly, like a lot of the quote-unquote bad teams in the East have been pretty fun to watch, in my opinion. I like watching Cleveland a lot. Uh, Kevin Love's looking look, look re-energized. I love how Kevin Love looks. He looks so good. Um, and so maybe, maybe that'll be incentive. Uh, and Tristan Thompson surprisingly looks great. Yeah. Like, I love the pick and rolls with uh, Thompson and Love. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, like, and, that, and John Beeline, the, um, I think, is going to have a lot of success there. I, I, I think he's one of the best basketball minds um, of sort of our generation. So I, I like that team. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say, like, the NBA has been really fun to watch because it's, you know, I think last year and, and sort of the past few years, even even if teams say they're competing, it's it, the Warriors were in the back of everyone's mind. And like you said, with like a team like the Wizards, I think that's even translating to good teams is like no one, every good team can honestly look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, we can do this. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's translating on a night to night basis where teams are like, hey, let's go get a win. Um, you know, this matters. Playoff seating is going to matter. We want to have a good matchup in the playoffs. Like, and so I think every night there's, there's been good games. Um, so it's been fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any teams that you have like really not enjoyed watching, uh, I'm going to just throw out the bulls. I've been disappointed by the bulls. Anybody you don't like out there that you just avoid watching. Yeah, I agree. The bulls have been disappointing. Um, another team that, like, so uh, the, the Nuggets are the team I sort of adopted um, alongside the Knicks. I'm, I'm a huge Jokic fan as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even though they're sitting at seven and two, they've looked a little lethargic to me to start this year. Kind of surprising. Um, just because of. I mean, Jokic just looked lethargic and as fuck. Yeah. Like, the guy looks out of shape. He looked awful. And I mean, he's had he had a good weekend with the game winners against Philly and Minnesota tonight. Um, but. I've been a little disappointed in their energy. Um, I think their rotation is one guy too big where they have like they have the Michael Porter Jr. question as their 11th man, um, whereas last year they had that super tight 10-man rotation that was like everyone knew their role. Um, so they're 7-2, but I think it's something to keep track of. I've been like kind of disappointed. Like tonight they, ha- they were up 15 in the fourth quarter against Minnesota, blew that lead. That game went to overtime. Um, I expected more from an energy perspective from them, I guess. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, Chicago, I mean, Orlando, I don't really. Oh, yeah, Orlando's been Yeah, rough. they've been awful. They're by, What's going on with Aaron Gordon? By far the worst offense in the league. I don't know. The, the pieces just don't seem to fit uh, for them. And Jonathan Isaac has been a bright spot. Markel Fultz has been somewhat of a bright spot, too. But that offense is just atrocious. They're. I think they're the only team in the league averaging less than 100 points per game so far. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, they the are, one but. like you said, like the one bright spot. I'll give it up to our writer Jeff Fox for 
uh, predicting that Jonathan Ayers would be a, a breakout fantasy player this year. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, man, they have been just like, I haven't been able to really sit and watch one of their games. Uh, I will be honest. I have not watched a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they just are really clunky uh, kind of like, and, and so, and uh, again, this kind of goes back to like, a, I guess a theory of the NBA going forward, but like, they have too many bigs, and it's just like it's counterintuitive the rest of the way the league's going. Yes, it's cool to like, you know, come come up with your own approach, but at a certain point, if you're throwing out like four, six, ten guys who can't shoot on the floor at a given time, and no one else in the league is doing it, and you're the only team in the league averaging below a hundred points in the game, maybe it's time to sort of rethink what you're doing offensively. Yeah, absolutely. Don't. Don't like zag when everybody else is zigging for just zag's yes, sake. Like, yes. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to yes. be good. Um, all right. So, uh, quick, uh, quick instance for a, uh, or a quick opportunity for a plug for you. Uh, you pick all the games against the spread for SpursGamblingPodcast.com. Uh, if you go pick NBA picks, you're the guy picking all the games right now. Uh, what are you reading? What are your, some of your yeah, What are you reading? What are some of your favorite websites and stats you're using right now to make picks? Definitely. So I, I, I think this is a great topic um, for stats. NBA.com. I mean, it sounds a little too easy, but stats.nba.com is, in my opinion, the best statistics website out there. That's free to use and and simple to use. Um, I'll admit, I'm not the most like. I'm not, you know, a model guy. I'm not super computer savvy, but stats.nba.com. Get on there, play around, and there's so much information you can find out. Um, so for in terms of like hard numbers, that's one thing I look at. Um, at the same time, I think there's a lot of talk out there kind of as gambling Twitter explodes and, and there's more and more people handicapping games. I think there's a lot of like a sense that betting with your gut is somehow the wrong idea. Um, mm-hmm. and while it is awesome to have models that, that, that can help you, um, if you have them, like if you're not doing super sophisticated math, like don't fool yourself into thinking that because you looked at two teams net rating and there was a difference that was bigger than the spread that you're like out thinking the book, like the book knows that, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. so I, I think, well, also like. Not to cut you off, sorry, but like also super early in the season before there's a lot of numbers exactly. to be referring to. Like it really helps to go with your gut. Yes. And and this market is so flooded now that you're not gonna be able to just beat, you know, beat the odd with, you know, basic statistical analysis. So, you know, I feel like the majority of the SGP people and, and that's what I love about about this group is like, you know, you just love basketball and you wanna, you know, bet any way you can, get any information any way you can. I think Trust your gut and trust your feel for a team. I think, you know, you look at a guy like Colby who does our picks for college basketball, college football, that dude just has a a super feel for every program in the country. And he bets games almost solely off that. And and he's been over 50%, I think, every year in college football is doing doing the picks for SGP. Um, So if you follow basketball and you sort of, and you follow your team or or you follow the league as a whole, like trust your gut and I think, you know, for that sort of... Well, trust your gut and also, like, bet on the teams you've been watching. That's what yes. I, like, tell people. Yes. And it's like, don't just, like, read somebody else's picks and go with theirs. Like, actually, like, yeah, like, 
don't be afraid to just bet your home team because you're watching them the most. Yep. You know, bet and but be honest, like bet against them when you think like they haven't been playing well. Hundred percent. And and that goes back to what I was saying earlier is like follow two or three beat writers of every team in the league. You know, maybe it makes your feet a little bit flooded, but that's how you sort of build up that feel for a team and how their season's going and how those guys are coalescing. Like, you know, when I first started doing this, I, I was starting to follow the Nuggets a little bit, honestly, was how I got into loving the league as a whole. I, I, I just follow like 15 Nuggets beat writers or whatever it is. And I was betting on the Nuggets almost at almost every night last year because I just um, – thought I had such a good feel for that team. So I was, you know, either playing on or playing off. But, you know, I think another thing going into that, definitely check bet and ticket splits um, if you can. Uh, I use the Action Network um, for mine. I think there are a couple other sites out there that have it for free. Um, but you want to you wanna check yourself if you're on a super public side. Um, like, mm-hmm. you got you got to kind of think about how you're thinking, if that makes sense. Um, and, 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 and like, if you're just, if you're going to do nothing else, I think fading the public over the long term is, is a good strategy. So, you know, if you look at a play and it looks super easy and then you go check the bet splits and 85% of bets are on that side. Um, I think you want to either sit that one out or take another look. Um, and then, and then the one, the one thing that you can always look at, um, which is not hard is rest, and you know that kind of situational stuff i think that's always good to know like i had one of my one of my favorite plays on friday night also was uh brooklyn at portland portland was favored in that game by three and a half looked a little easy for portland um but that was a team that had played second night of a back-to-back brooklyn had not played since monday five days prior um and had been had already landed in portland two days ahead of time. Whereas, you know, the Blazers got home at 2 AM from LA the night before. Um, and Brooklyn as a dog in that game, I loved, uh, that came through nicely. So, you know, those are the kind of easy things that you can do, um, which is like, you know, a couple stats here and there from NBA.com. I like that for props a lot too. Um, and then. Any thoughts on, uh, over unders so far this season? Uh, what you're, are you betting? Any I'm not huge into totals. um, I, I, I feel like that that's another thing that statistics and pace can play a little bit more of a role on, and, and, and I'm not as as good with that kind of stuff. Um, I tend to stick to sides for the most part. Totally. Makes sense. Um, all right. So the uh, also I put on my list, and uh, we don't have to talk about this much if you – don't have anything but like anything you've learned about gambling on the nba so far this uh season again running three weeks into it so you don't have to have something but no yeah one thing one thing i've learned that i hadn't really paid attention to in prior years is like kind of checking on the sustainability of team performance um i i I follow a lot of people in the sort of broader nba gambling uh, I guess community on Twitter and a huge thing I've been noticing is that there's a lot of value to be gained from looking at like who's making open threes and, you know, opposing three point shooting percentage against um, stuff like that. So I think especially early in the season, like Miami, for instance, had started off the year super hot. 
Um, and I didn't do this research myself, but I, I saw a statistic. They had the luckiest opposing three-point shooting percentage so far in the league. Um, and they started to come back down to earth a little bit. Um, that's something mm-hmm. I, I honestly, quite frankly, had not paid attention to at all in prior years. And I think like those kind of expected what's going to happen versus what actually has happened, um, where the statistics are available is a really good thing to look at um, and can kind of help frame like, okay, this team is 6-0. and Everyone fucking loves them so far this year. Um, and that was kind of the Miami and the Phoenix so far this year. Um, both teams have cooled off a little bit, and maybe that has something to do with um, their sort of ex- expected opponent shooting uh, regressing back to where, where it should be. Got it. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Um, and then just to like flow right into our last part, uh, there's a huge uh, bomb dropped this week <laughs> on Reddit. Something we all learned is uh, we all knew it. James Harden, he loves the strip clubs. And uh, some brilliant user, and I'm sorry, I'm like forgetting his name uh, right now. I will uh, make sure to give him proper credit in the uh, uh, preview that I record. Uh, he analyzed all of James Harden's stats uh, and uh to see if there's a correlation between his box score and the city's average strip clubs ratings of the city he's in. And it turns out, yes, it's the <laughs> cities that are known to be great strip club cities like Miami, he plays worse. And uh, a city like Toronto, which I didn't know was a bad strip club city, but apparently it is. Oh, sorry, my dog. Hey! Uh, hold on a sec. Apologies, my wife came home and the dogs were barking. Uh, strip club the talk. cities, yeah, strip club. <laughs> yeah, she walked in right at the right time. Uh, I didn't know strip, Toronto was the bad strip club city, but apparently it is. Like the reviews are way down. I don't know. Did you read this? And, and did you have any thoughts on? Yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think it makes sense. And Harden obviously is, has been known to be the uh, strip club MVP of sorts um, throughout his time. I know there's a <laughs> like a rumor out there he had his jersey retired in a strip club. Um, but it makes complete sense. And um, shout out to the guy who did that study. Um, uh, you, his, his username is Angry Centrist. On, Angry Centrist. Uh, Sounds like a hell of a guy. Um, <laughs> however much time it took him to make that study, that, that's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's honestly something that I will look at, especially with how bad the Rockets looked um, in that game in Miami. Like, it's something to kind of file away. If you ever get a situation like that again, um, it makes it, it makes complete sense, and 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 as far as I can tell, um, the study was like honestly done, and and it came out to uh, prove the hypothesis. So it was it was it was pretty funny stuff. Yeah, no, it absolutely did, and I mean, I, I, it's not just with Harden, but this is something that I will look at going forward. Uh, any guys who have rumors about them. Uh, you know, maybe being partiers or maybe being aficionados of the strip club. If they're headed to Miami or they're headed to uh, Houston, which is also known as a big strip club city, uh, I'm just like, you know, maybe watch the, watch out, maybe avoid betting those games. If uh, maybe avoid playing those players in DFS. Yes. 
something to think about. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'll just be conjecture based off this one guy's uh, stats, but uh, I read the research and it did. It was compelling, uh, except for the fact that I did not know this. Uh, Salt Lake City, uh, surprisingly great strip club city. Uh, he had a number three on the list. Apparently, the the, the average rankings are high. Yeah, that that's a surprise. I, I was going to say I, I, the only question i have is if people who actually go to a lot of strip clubs uh go home and review the strip club on google reviews the next day um uh yeah that's the other thing <laughs> it's like that that was i would say maybe that's like a bl- like a small blip in his, his yes, analysis yes. like he's going off of like average google reviews who's reviewing these strip clubs and like if it's just like only people in salt lake reviewing salt lake strip clubs like how does that compare to miami strip clubs probably not even close yeah no and and another thing is like kind of along those lines this uh dion waiter's edible story um oh yeah and 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 obviously health-wise hopefully he's okay um we've all been there before um no i'm guaranteeing you he's okay (laughs) health-wise like we 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 We've all gotten too high before. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, maybe now teams that go into uh, Colorado or other, other uh, quote unquote mile high states, um, you got to look out for well, them I, the next couple of days, see if they're still uh, consuming the stash. That's what I was going to say. I think I think you might want to uh, fade um, players after leaving yes. Denver because they take the edibles with them. Yes. Uh, it's one thing when they might get into the city the night before uh, in Miami and, and party too hard the night before at a strip club. But uh, you can't take the strippers with you, or at least it's not as easy <laughs> to. Um, but you can take the edibles with you, as we all learned with the young ladies. Yeah, the perks of flying charter. <laughs> uh, oh, great, man. This has been awesome. Uh, we've gone a good 45 minutes. Uh, so we can wrap up here, or unless you have anything else. No, yeah. I mean, I think... Just, you know, stay stay following the NBA, everyone, and uh, it's going to be fun the next couple of weeks. So thanks for having me on. This was fun. All right, everybody, uh, check out Zach's Picks at NBA Picks on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Also, oh, I forgot to say, you did write your first column of the season on Friday. You uh, started doing uh, NBA props picks. Uh, you'd be doing more of those, yeah, right? It was, it was, it was a, I think it was two and three on the first night. So hopefully we'll be better as the season goes along, but, uh, fun, fun, always fun to write. So, yep. Okay. So look for you more writing on Fridays. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Zach. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you so much. That was my interview with Zach Broner. You can follow Zach on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Again, that's NBA Zach with a H B. Um, and make sure to check out his free picks on our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, just click on basketball picks. And every Friday, he writes a, he just started doing this, a new column where he's going to pick his favorite prop bets, his for the NBA slate on Friday night. So, you know, if you don't have anything to do on a, on a Friday night, stay home. Bet, watch basketball. Bet his picks. Also, while you're at Sports Gambling Podcast, check out our merch store. 
Uh, I have a great sweatshirt I just got. I have been wearing it maybe too much. My wife's about to leave me because I'm wearing my SGP sweatshirt too much. That's okay, though. I love it that much. I'm willing to get in a fight with my wife over it because I wear it every day. Uh, also, go check out Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Sports Gambling Podcast, both available on Spotify. Make sure to give us a follow over there. Try listening to podcasts on Spotify if you're not already. Uh, go to BetSperts. Follow me uh, at McKee. You can also check out our free roll football contest uh, at Sports Gambling Podcast. Free roll podcast. I think I'm in last place. I don't know. I'm I'm really been horrible at picking football games. So I, I I'm so glad NBA is back because I am slowly winning back all the money I lost on football. Uh, also check out our YouTube page, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast, and our Instagram at Sports Gambling Podcast. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week with even a better episode than this one. <laughs>